This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash, hmm, you can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. It's the two-time Stellar Award considered, Spin Award nominated. You're listening to The Voice. To The Voice. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land. In the land. The Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let's go! What's up, family? Ron Tide here, and I'm enjoying the praise right here on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. What's good, radio family? TPV Radio is just getting hotter, and we have an all-star lineup just for you. Mondays, conversations with Joe and Jay at 7.30 a.m. Tuesdays, victory over the waste of life with author Jeanne Lebrine at 6 p.m. Wednesdays, Illuminating Word Ministries with Dr. Apostle Forrest L. Walker Sr. at 5 p.m. Thursdays, Real Talk with Pastor Byron Sago at 4.30 p.m. Also, Dorothy Patterson, the reality coach, at 6 p.m. Fridays, the exclusive interview with yours truly, the Thomas Voice, by appointment only. Saturdays, is Saturdays for Fed with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Jones at 11 a.m., followed by the locker room with Coach D., at 4 p.m. Sundays, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. with the Familia. Catch all of TPV Radio programming on Facebook Live at TPV Radio. Also, Live 365, tune in and all of our podcasts, social media platforms. Walk with us in relationship, purpose, and promise. And let's go! You never heard Christian radio quite like this. Like this. Get your fix 24-7 on the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Radio Network. You're listening to Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Joe. Right now, TPV Radio. TPV Radio. This is for the world. Searching for peace that we cannot find. Yeah, yeah. Asking questions, cause we don't know why. Oh, yes. We all need you to make 
You're listening to Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Joe. Right now, PPB Radio. PPB Radio. Amen, amen, amen. We all need you. What a blessing to start this Saturday Buffet off with that song. Oh, God, we need you. And it's so befitting because we are talking about dealing with grief. And we all know in the time of sorrow, in the time of grief, in the time of sadness, we definitely need God Almighty. So I am so excited this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning to some, good afternoon to others. Uh, This 
this um, this discussion today is going to be, I do believe, impactful to so many. I want to just say that I am super excited today because we have three young black men, three black men who have gone through, who are in different stages of life, who have gone through different experiences, and yet they have one thing in common. They've all experienced some form of grief. So what's so interesting is usually black men don't express their emotions. You know, they kind of suppress things. So to have three men eager to share is truly a blessing. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and get started. But let me first of all say I am so humbled and honored to be here to um, host today. Uh, thank you, Sister Lorraine, and thank you, Sister Roberta. Um, we're just going to go ahead and, and get started. Uh, let's just introduce the panel today. Brother Irvin, Brother Irvin, are you there? Uh, yes, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's so good to hear your voice. How are you? Uh, you know, all praises due to Allah. I'm doing. I'm doing all right. All right. All right. Brother Jeremiah. Jeremiah, are you here? Yes, I'm here. How are you this fine Saturday? I'm doing good. How you doing, ma? Doing good. Brother Kareem. Are you there, my brother? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm here. Amen. Amen. I thank you all for um, making yourselves available to uh, talk to us about your experiences with grief. Uh, This is week three where we've talked about grief and how it impacts our lives, how it impacts our families, and just our every day, you know, going about in life. Um, At some stage in all of our lives, we're going to face death and grief. Sometimes it's expected, and many times it comes as a sudden or shattering shock. Unfortunately, many of us face more traumatic experiences um, where we lose children, spouses, loved ones, friends, acquaintances. So what I want to do is I want to give you three gentlemen the opportunity to share your experiences. Um, I want to say this, as hard as the phases of life are when we go through grief, we can always turn to God to help us find comfort and strength during the grief process. So whether it's COVID, some type of form of violence, police brutality, prolonged illnesses, grief affects us all in some some way. I'm also going to talk about the five stages of grief today, but I want to get started. Brother Irvin, would you share with us uh, your experiences with grief? Um, yes, sir. Uh... First of all, assalamu alaikum. Uh, uh, thank you all for having me on the uh, show. I haven't really talked since my wife uh, passed away um, December 30th. But um, 
I'm a 31-year-old black man. Um, I just did nine years in prison. I've been home for a year. And um, I married my wife July 15, 2020. Um, December 30th, she passed away. Um, and we have a 10-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 4-month um, newborn baby. And um, it hasn't been easy for me. Uh, more so due to seeing my children uh, losing their mom at such a young age and now being put in the, in the shoes of the black woman by raising a, three children alone is very difficult. I really haven't had too much time to grieve uh, because I've been real angry with the situation and, you know, how my wife died and things like that. Um so grief hasn't really been you know, easy for me, you know. And then a couple months ago, March the 19th, my auntie, uh, she was murdered by her husband. And uh, so it, it, it's been a, a transition for me, mm-hmm. you know, for just really just focusing on my children at this point. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. Thank you, uh, Brother Irvin, for sharing that. I, I I love the fact that you are open and honest with where you are, um, having had time to grieve, and even the fact that you acknowledge that you're dealing with some anger. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We're, we're going to talk a little more about that. Um, and you say you have three children. Yes, I have so, three, uh, three boys. Okay. Okay. Are you getting any counsel at all? Well, I have my two oldest, my 10-year-old and my 6-year-old. They they are in counseling at this moment. Okay. I'm not in counseling yet, mm-hmm. but um, I know eventually I, I need to be in counseling. Eventually I will be, but at this moment I'm not. Okay. Okay. Um, Brother Jeremiah, if you would please um, just tell us how you have dealt with grief and how it has affected you. Um, Well, back in 2013, uh, it's either March or May. I lost my uh, grandmother on my dad's side, and uh, that was a tough, that was a tough little spot for me. I feel like I I got through that pretty good, but then October 13th, uh, same year, one of my best friends got killed at a party, and uh, it's tough. It it can nothing can compare. You. I mean, nothing can prepare you for that. It's just tough. I tried to um, I went to counseling. I helped out, but uh, it's, it's just really different. Okay. What are some of the things that you've experienced after the loss of your grandmother and your friend? Uh, just, I think the worst, the worst part about it is the, the random times where where stuff just hits you. It's just literally random times. 
but God is he, he left memories for me though. Like with my mm-hmm. best friend, I got to I got to spend his last birthday with him, and he we three days apart. So mm-hmm. just even that moment, that's just like a like a, a golden moment for me. Mm-hmm. Not even knowing that that would be my last, was really my last time even going out with him, going and doing stuff with him. So. Amen. Amen. Thank you uh, for sharing that. Um, I can, you know, really appreciate um, young black men right now with everything going on in the world with um, uh, violence and police brutality. Um, I know that tends to stack on even more, you know, with grief. So, uh, thank you for sharing your story. Um, Brother Kareem, how are you? Yes, I'm doing good. How are you, sis? I am well. I am well. Would you please share with the listeners um, what you've gone through as far as death and grief and how it has affected your life? All right. Well, first of all, I just want to uh, take my hat off to the two young men that spoke before me. As it pertains mm-hmm. to grief, uh, again, it's so hard for men to open up and talk about any type of pain. So I do appreciate the two young brothers uh, before me speaking up on their grief. Um, for me, uh, in 2003, I experienced my, my mother passing, like my best friend. Uh, but just this past January, I lost my father uh not due to COVID, but he had been sick for a while. And uh, what's so ironic about it is that we knew he was getting sick uh, when he was in Michigan. So I had him, we got him transferred to North Carolina. But the moment I put eyes on him when he got here in September of of last year, the Holy Spirit told me that prepare your family for January. So when he had, the Holy Spirit spoke that to me, I immediately, uh, took control of his, his illness, his sickness, and got him to doctors and everything that he did, but I was preparing my family for January. Um, I didn't go mm-hmm. into detail about January with them, but I knew what it was. So some of the days were sorrowful. Mm-hmm. Some of the days were uh, really hard for me, but what happened was I really uh, was able to develop a relationship that I wasn't able to develop a relationship with my dad in the past that I did in six months. And mm-hmm. he confided in me. He spoke some things to me, some things that he did that he repented of. And one thing I know about, well, I know about grief is that, you know, and just a little bit for the young brothers that spoke before me, I can honestly tell you, I'm probably the oldest black man on here right now. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I'll be 49 uh, this month coming up. And I can honestly Mm -hmm. share with you guys is that I deal with this on a regular basis. I deal with young men and men on a regular basis outside of my work. Um, I have some programs in counseling, mentoring programs. Uh, one is called Men of Image, but the other one uh, that God told me to start just a few weeks ago uh, was to really deal with the minds of men, what make men think and do the things that they do and how they handle it. So when I say I understand where you're coming from and for the brother that lost his wife, I can honestly tell you, man, listen, 
grief is something else and you don't want grief which my sister is probably going to talk about the five stages but I know this is one of the stages you don't want that grief to turn into depression because Mm -hmm. if that grief turns into depression guess what it's not only going to affect you but it's going to affect your children and they won't be able to articulate and tell you how it's bothering them and you won't be able to explain to them either so um, what I understand is that grief is a very very powerful thing and if you look up the definition of grief it just basically says deep sorrow and guess Mm -hmm. what deep sorrow will lead you down some places that you would never ever want to go and sometimes a lot of people don't even recover Uh, and if you know depression has no cure Uh, there's millions and millions of people on depression and high blood pressure pills because there is no cure So that tells you right there that something is really, really um, pushing that depression, and a lot of it is grief. Um, So, you know, I've learned how to handle grief, but I also learned not to internalize it to the point that um, it affects me, affects my marriage, affects my family, and it's hard. It's very hard. Um, So I thank God that I was able, and he has shown me over the years how to handle grief, be it my parents, be it my sister passed away in a car accident about 13 years ago. Um, that was unexpected. So dealing with grief, I, I've, I've actually had some some experience in it, and it's not easy, man. You never forget what happened to your loved ones. You never ever will probably get over it, but you can mm-hmm. manage it, and you can ask God to help you get through it. So you know, mm-hmm. uh, I can go on and on, man. But I'm just telling you, it's this. It could be something. But uh, it's nothing that you won't be able to handle. Amen. Thank you, Brother Kareem. Thanks. This is um, this is um, it, it's just amazing how God does things. I didn't know that Brother Kareem had those programs or those groups, but God knew. He is just an on-time God, and I thank Him. Um, Grief can come to us at any time. Um, you know, before the funeral, you know, we can have everyone flock into the house and gathering and you get the comfort and the support. And then during and after the funeral is when you feel the most raw and the most hurt. It's a time where you can even go into an isolation period. The people are around you, and yet you feel so alone. Um, one of the things, you know, these feelings are real. We want to mm-hmm. embrace that you feel what you're feeling. Don't try to shun it or try to act like it doesn't exist. Because mm-hmm. as Brother Kareem was saying, when we do that, we create a bigger problem. And mm-hmm. grief is a process. It's not something that someone can wave the magic wand and get rid of. And it's something that God definitely allows. I, you know, I know for me, when it comes uh, to grief, uh, the different experiences I've gone through. I grew up inner city um, in Saginaw, Michigan. I had lots of friends 
you know, Brother Kareem, you can attest to this. We had lots of friends killed and, you know, yes. gang activity and, and, and all that. So yes. we kind of experienced it early in life. Um, then I've had grandparents to go on to be with the Lord. I've had aunts and uncles and cousins, you know, to go to be with the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. Even uh, bury a niece. So I understand grief. You know, I've been through the five stages of grief, which we'll go over here today. Um, But one of the things that I want to make sure that we all, you know, embrace is that what you feel is real. Whether you're Mm -hmm. angry, depressed, or you're going through denial, it's real. Accept where you are while you're going through it and then get the help that you need to move on. Because like the old people say, if you haven't experienced it, keep living. Keep living. <laughs> you will. At some point, you know, you will have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So we actually have to rely on God's power and his infinite wisdom to understand our pain, our grief, our pain. God is so powerful that he understands. Let's let's just take it back. Um, he buried a son. <laughs> he buried mm-hmm. a son. So God knows exactly what we're going through. And he is our hope and yeah. in order to cope and to recover. That's the, the end result. We want to recover from the grief, from the pain, from the sorrow. We want to recover, not get past yeah, it, but recover. And there is a difference in that. So I want to go through the five stages of grief. The first stage is denial and isolation. Uh, can either of you talk about going through denial and isolation when you went through your grief process? You said what now? Um, I can speak about the denial part and the isolation. Um, well, like I said, I've been knowing my wife since she was 17 years old, so I've always had her. Uh, I even had her when I was incarcerated for nine years. So I was always uh, in her life. I was always a part of her life. I, she was always in my grasp for me to be able to talk to her or she would come see me, come visit me. So, you know, my wife uh, passed. The, the, the denial part came in because it didn't have to happen. You know, this was a, this was, this was a mistake and a mess up on the part of the, of the hospital. And, uh and, and I just, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. And I and I did isolate myself because I was used to isolate myself when I was incarcerated. You know, I did uh, mm. I did two years in um, solitary confinement in the hole, mm-hmm. two years straight. You know, so I didn't talk to nobody for two years unless I called home mm. or, or unless I wrote letters and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it was easy. It was easy for me to isolate myself and. Uh, you know, going to a place where I was comfortable. Yeah. 
I can relate to that. Um, mm. I went through some of that here recently with a, a family uh, death where I was present amongst <laughs> uh, the family, but I was still isolated because I was still unpacking, you know, what had taken place. And is this real? Is this really happening? You know, um, denial and isolation are the first stages of grief. And our most basic thoughts are to believe that what we're hearing is not true. This can't be true. You know, I just talked to them. I just saw them. We had plans to do this. We had plans to do that. So, again, don't think what you're feeling is unreal. You know, Mm -hmm. it's tangible. You can put your hands on it. But coming to terms with the occurrence of, of what's going on is the hardest thing. The first thought, you know, that we most we mostly go through is clinging to the past and how it was when everything was well before the news of this person, you know, leaving us. Uh, we want to kind of wind back the clock and somehow hope that we are imagining this whole episode. Like, no, this can't be true. So, um, Brother Jeremiah, have you dealt with denial and isolation as it pertains to grief? Uh, yes, that was, that was the first thing I feel like I did once I, um, cause I, I woke up and I had a bunch of missed calls, missed texts from a lot of people. So I call uh, one of my boys back. He tells me like, yeah, Papa been shot at the party last night. And I'm just like, there's no way. Like me and my sister were talking about going to the party. Me and my sister never even talk about going to parties with each other. And that was literally the first time. So it was just like a, no way. He hugged me, said he loved me the last time I seen him that Friday. So that, I think that, and it put me in a real bad spot. Like he said, um, letting that, that grief turn into depression. Now I look back at it, as I got older, I was depressed. That's when I started, you know, just going, trying to do stuff my way pretty much. And uh, just going off the grid. Like you said, you you can be there physically, but mentally, like I wasn't, I was isolated. I isolated myself mentally. So even if I'm even if I'm around people, it's so much in my head. It's not even, I'm not even there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That that's um. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something because you can. Once you've gone through grief, you can look at people and tell when they're in that space, in that place of isolation. Um, Their their presence, but their presence is not there. So that that that's good. That's good. Thank you for sharing that, Um, brother Kareem. How about you? Oh wow, this this is really good. I think. With my mother passing and my father passing, I had, I suffered no deniability, no isolation, because I, it was something that I was expecting. It was something that I was already praying for and, and preparing myself for. But when my sister mm-hmm. passed away in a car accident, we was actually, me and my family, my wife and kids, we was actually on the road leaving North Carolina, going to Pennsylvania. 
to bury her aunt mm. when I got the news that my sister passed away in a car accident. So mm. I was told 75 miles from Pittsburgh that we pulled over. I was hollering and screaming. And when I woke up, when I came to, I was laying in my father-in-law's bed. So a matter of seven hours, mm. I don't even remember mm. what was mm-hmm. going on. They had to tell me what was going on. So I went into mm. total denial, total isolation. I didn't know what was going on. So with her, with her dying, because she's a, you're more closer to your siblings than you are. It, it affects you more when you lose a sibling. Versus your parents, mm-hmm. because you in the back of your mind, you always know, you know what, mom and dad will probably pass away one day. But mm-hmm. when your sibling, mm-hmm. your brother, your sister pass away, it hits you differently. Mm-hmm. It hits you differently. And we, it, it just, it tore me up. So mm-hmm. I understand what isolation and denial means, because I totally did not want to believe it. It took me days to believe that she actually passed away in a tragic accident. And one thing I could say about God, my relationship with God is so important to the point that I love him so much because in every situation and the two passions of my parents and my sister, he has guided me and shown me and carried me and comforted me to the point that I didn't lose my mind. Mm-hmm. And when you yeah. when you're dealing with deniability and isolation, you will find yourself somewhere in a mental institution or a mental breakdown somewhere because it wasn't that something that you brought on. It was something that was just introduced to you and it took you somewhere you didn't want to go. Um, mm. And I don't want to go too far into it, but that's what a lot of people actually experiencing right now. A lot of mental illness that's going on in our world right now with young people and, and, and people of our age is something that transpired in their life, and it took them somewhere, and they don't know how to get back. Come on. Come on, sir. <laughs> so yeah. when they don't know how to get back, we need people, and we need radio broadcasts. We need things like this so people can listen in and say, well, I'm there right now. How can I get back? And sometimes it's life experiences like the young brother was speaking before about the passing of his wife, and it didn't make any sense to him. He was upset. He was angry. Well, guess what? Not to put the young brother on blast, but this this is real talk. At Mm -hmm. some point in his life, my brother, you're going to have to get what you need to get where you need to be because your kids need you right now. Yes, sir. They need you more than anything. They, they can't even, you can't even afford to check out right now. It it, it ain't even possible. It ain't even logical for you to check out right now. So at some point you're going to have to get exactly what you need because now you got to be mommy and daddy Mm-hmm. for these kids to get to the next level where they need to be because they already got to deal with and can't even articulate why mama ain't here. All they know is mama's not here and it hurt. Mm. But the mm. only way you're going to be able to explain to them is you're going to have to get what you need to help you and get what you need so you can help them. Mm. 
it's a full cycle. It's a full cycle, and it got to happen, and it got to happen immediately. Because so, guess what? We we're going through a pandemic that this world has we have never seen nothing like this before. Mm-hmm. And we're dealing with death. We're dealing with job loss, and that that's grief and depression right there that people ain't never had to deal with. Now they got to deal with that, and they got to deal with other stuff. Mm-hmm. So we we in a mm-hmm. situation right now that we putting so much pressure on our kids because most of the adults are dealing with depression, anger, and all of these stages that my sister going to talk about today. We dealing with this stuff right now, mm-hmm. and we ain't even yeah. we don't even know how to deal with it. So yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I'm telling you, for the first time in my life, I have decided. That you know what, Kareem can't fix this. Come on. There, there's nobody in Kareem's life on planet Earth can fix this. So I had mm-hmm. to result to the thing that was birthed in me and that was planted in me when I was a young age. And that was God. So I decided mm-hmm. to lean on him. I decided to get in his word and study myself approved to get the thing that I needed that's going to help me get through. Because it's only going to help me to be a better husband. It's going to help me to be a better father. It's going to help me be a better friend. It's going to help me to be a better leader in my church. It's going to have to help me be a business owner. It's going to help me with all of that. Because if I don't help Kareem first, I can't do nothing for nobody else. Yes, sir. I gotta stop. Hmm. I can't. I can't keep listen going. Here, listen here. Wait, 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 I'm hollering in the, in the public out here in the street. But let me holler. Hey, glory to God. Jesus. I'm done. I'm done. I got to holler. I got to release that. I got to release that. I, I'm gone. I'm gone. Okay. <laughs> he cut up. up already. And look, look at Pastor Chris. I can't. The shout music. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm just, I'm really just, because we... And like I said, I don't want to hog up the radio, but I just really, I really want to get everyone to understand that we are in a critical time in our life and that we, we, all of us are only a moment or a situation away from losing it all. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about losing it all, losing everything that you've got, your mind, your religion, your faith, your encouragement, your support. You are only a moment or a situation away from losing it all. So the, mm. the thing that you have to do is is that I found out that the joy of the Lord is my strength. It so is. Come because, on. Because he is my strength, I can't allow my strength to be stripped away from me because of mm-hmm. something that happened. And, 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 and things are going to happen. But I should have enough in me of God to release whatever I need to release to hold on to the strength that he gave me because the joy of the Lord is in my strength. I can make it for the next day. I'm going to make it next week. I'm going to make it. The moment you have any discouragement or anything that I just don't know, I don't think I'm going to make it through this. Guess what? You're going to have to find a way to tap into something 
that's going to encourage you to move on because again some of us we got people looking at us we got people watching us we got people that's dependent on us to make it because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. guess what if yeah. you don't make it somebody behind you ain't gonna make it somebody is attached to you if you ain't gonna make mm. it somebody somebody behind you ain't gonna make it there's somebody, somebody in the family, somebody in your bloodline, somebody got to blaze the trail. That means you got to go through there first. You got to knock all the weeds out. You got to put all that ground up out there and, and just kill the grass, kill the dirt. So guess what? When you walking through there, you're doing all the hard work. I'm going to go through the pain. I'm going to go through the suffering. I'm going to go through the loss because guess what? My kids ain't dealing with that, and they kids ain't yeah. dealing with that. So when they walk yeah. on this trail, they can be like, wow, it used to be some grass here. No, that grass is gone and dead because the person that came and blazed the trail made it mm. easy for us. I'm trying to make this journey for my kids easy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want my kids to struggle with debt. I don't want my kids to struggle with having a bad marriage. I don't want to have my kids struggling with things that, that I struggle with. Shame on them. That's tell them all the time. Shame on you if you struggle with the same stuff that daddy and mama did. Shame on you. Mm, mm. Because I'm blazing the trail so you don't have to deal with that. You preach it, sir. (laughs) Death and life is in the power of your own tongue. So what you speak out that mouth, you better be careful because that thing might come to pass. If you speak faith, it's going to happen. If you speak gloom and doom, guess what's going to happen? Now, see, y'all got me hard. No, 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 no. Listen, don't be sorry. All week has been for God to have his way and for God to show himself mighty. This is the thing with grief. People are stuck. They are stuck. stuck. And what we want to do is set them free. And how we set them free is by delivering Mm -hmm. the word of God. We got to minister. We got to uplift. I don't want Mm -hmm. to see my brothers and my sisters stuck. I want you Mm -hmm. to walk in freedom. I want you to walk in the joy of the Lord. I want you to have hope. You know, so. Absolutely. Don't apologize. Do not apologize. We want to get these people free. But I want to talk real quick about when I was studying this, the stages of of denial, I'm sorry, the stages of grief and the personal denial, and I went into the word of God. God is so awesome because you know what? When it talks about, you know, being isolated, guess what? In Mm -hmm. Proverbs 18.1, the word says, whoever isolates himself, Seeks his own desire. He breaks mm. out against all sound judgment. So when you close yourself up in a room or in the side of the house where you don't want to be bothered, you know what? You hurt you. You can't get, nothing can get into you because you've set yourself apart. We don't want to mm. set ourselves apart. We want to be mm. a part of what God is doing, a part of the move of God. So, mm-hmm. It's just amazing that even in Greek, God ministers to us. Then Genesis mm-hmm. 2.18, it is not good that man should be alone. Mm. You ain't supposed to go through nothing by yourself. God put people on this earth who have gone through, and I, it was good that you said what you said, Brother Kareem, 
if we don't do it, somebody might miss it. Anything mm-hmm. that we go through was never about us, but it was about the mm-hmm. next person coming behind us. So we're supposed to share. We're supposed to talk about it because the more you talk about it, the freer you become. And that's what it's mm-hmm. about. Um, going off track a little bit, but just talking about someone, um, I have a friend who was raped years ago. And I asked her, I said, how did you get that? She said, I talked about it every opportunity I got. She said the pain, the stigma, it didn't hurt as bad. Every time I talked about it, I became free. It loosed its hold on me. So let's get this thing loose. Let's break it. Let's shake something (laughs) so we can walk in freedom the way God intended for us to walk. Now, I would be amiss if I don't acknowledge Pastor Chris. I hear you back there trying to start some trouble, getting that shout going. I just need to hear from you today. What say ye about this uh, topic on grief? Well, first of all, I got to give credit where credit's due. Having an all-man panel yes. and talking yes. about our stuff. Now, yes. in our community, like I said last week, and I'm going to say it again this week, We have a tendency to tell people, especially men of God or men of faith, to pray it away or (laughs) to just give it to God. You'll be okay. Or come to the altar. I'll lay my hands on you, and and it'll be right here. You can leave it right here Mm -mm. on the altar. Mm -mm. Now listen, Mm -mm. I'm not saying that's not effective. But what Mm -hmm. I am saying, what breaks men free is by them putting aside the pride and allowing the healing to begin. Now, I'm a man, too, and I know what Mm -hmm. it's like to hold on to something because you don't want nobody telling you nothing. But I'm telling you, Mm. when your chains break, you will know they break. When you're allowing yourself to use your testimony as a story, as a preparation for what God already designed in your life. I got to encourage the brother that that was incarcerated. You have a destiny. You have a purpose. You can take your story and turn it around and be that king to your young princes, prince, princes, and you can let them know that if dad can go through the hardest of times, yeah. your, your testimony is not just in incarceration. You're breaking through no. free from that because yeah. the bondage they place on you as a black mm. man incarcerated, that's one thing you're dealing with. And then you mm-hmm. come out and then you're dealing with the death of your wife, and now you have to be a father and a mother to your children. Well, I'm here to encourage yeah. you, brother, that nothing yeah. will stop you from getting breakthrough. But, they, mm. but, 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 wow, 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 wow. Mm. Brother, you got to mm. want it. Sometimes mm. it's hard. I get it. Sometimes mm. you don't want to tell nothing. Sometimes you want to disconnect your emotions 
so you can just be normal. But I'm telling you, in order for you to become full circle, you got to give it away. You have to put your pride aside and say, man, listen, this ain't easy, but I got to dump it out because I have Mm -hmm. young kings looking at me, and I got to do it. If my dad can Mm. be incarcerated, still love my mom, he came out Mm. and still loved her till death do us part, and now he Mm. can unconditional love me Mm. through all of what my dad went through. Brother, you Mm. have a testimony, and I'm here to encourage you. I'm not discounting anyone else on this panel, but something told Mm. me to talk to you, my brother. I I, I wanted to talk to you. I'm not trying to preach to you. I'm just keeping it as real as I possibly can. And this network will keep it real. I appreciate that. Amen. So, brother, we we got your back. If you need us, call us. If you need the number to any of these brothers on the panel, I'm quite sure we're more happy to give it to you. You can contact Sister Tracy, and I can contact you myself. I don't have a problem with that. My schedule ain't so booked that I can't stop what I'm doing to talk to you. I'm just saying, we got to come together as men, regardless of what you believe, regardless of where you go. We have to bind together as black men, period. This has nothing to do with religion. This program is designed to break chains that men are going through in present day. We are dealing with enough. So we need each other to bring each other and hold each other together in the hardest of times. Man, y'all ain't saying nothing. Let let me get off off this before we start a praise break up in here. See, I I told Sister Lorraine I would behave but see, stop me starting. See, you got the fan going off, and I'm wilding out. So let me be quiet. So, Sister Tracy, back to you. Woo! Lord, have mercy. God is so good. He is so good. Oh, my he's good. So good. And he's so intentional. That's just what blows mm. my mind. He's so mm. intentional. Amen, amen. We're going to go to the next um, stage of grief, which is anger. Um, During this time, you're mad at the world. You want to lash out. You want to blame anyone that comes in your sight. You're feeling despair. You're feeling trauma. And all of this is is natural and it's normal in the grief process. You know, there are people that ask the questions, why me? How can this happen? Lord, what are you doing? Did you make a mistake? And you know what? You're asking these questions, and oftentimes there's no answer, which tends to make the situation worse. But I want to encourage you all, including myself, because like I said, my family just went through um, the death of a loved one. Nothing is fixed overnight. And you will need to work through every emotion, 
regardless to its severity, you need to work through it. So we all know in order to get something, you got to work for it. So let me talk to you guys. Let me hear from you all about anger. Anger as it relates to the grief. Brother uh, Irvin. Okay, yeah, come on. It's a little windy out here. I'm sorry. I'm out here uh, selling final cars and bean pies right now. But, uh, okay. As far as uh, anger, you know, uh, I, I feel like my anger comes from a different different point. Mm-hmm. I think I'm more angry for my children than uh, to anything. I, you know, I really didn't get a lot of time with my wife. Like I say, we, we just got married in July. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really didn't get enough time with her. And even now, just being home, my children, my 10-year-old, my 6-year-old, they are getting used to me being the only parent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some, sometimes I get frustrated, you know, with situations. Because a lot of times I, I really don't know what to do. Thank uh, all praise to a lot of I have support. You know, I have my mother. I have my wife, family, her, her, her grandmother, her grandma that's here for me and things like that. And, been through what I have been through, you know, I know that a couple of the brothers have, you know, spoken, uh, you know, I, I never give up. I, I have no time for that. You know, Minister Louis mm-hmm. Farrakhan teaches us that struggle is ordained, you know, and this mm-hmm. is a struggle that I'm going through right now that, you know, I don't know what the lesson is. I don't know what, um, what, the, what, why God has put me in this position, you know, uh, I'm fasting this month, you know, it's the holy month of Ramadan, and I've been, you know, pleading to to God and asking him things, I, you know, trying to get answers of why this had to happen to my children, to me, and things like that. But I also thank, you know, God for the man I have become while I was in, incarcerated, you know, that mm-hmm. I didn't fall back into the streets and things like that because, you know, I was in the streets nine, ten years ago. And uh, most honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us not to seek refuge in the bottle or in drugs. And I think that mm. helped me a lot by seeking refuge in what I believe in, reading the Holy Quran, reading the Bible, you know, waking up to my children, knowing that my children need me more than anything right now. You know, so when I do have my moments of anger, I make sure that I snap back every time because it's, it's, it's just a moment for me anger is just a moment you know it's not mm-hmm. something that I, that I can drag on days and days and months and months at a time because I you know if I do there. yeah absolutely I, I, I don't say uh, I, yeah, I don't say that I snap out of it because I know that I have I have a four month baby you know mm-hmm. that mm. never you know never get to meet his mother. You know I have a ten mm. ten year old mm-hmm. that sees everything that I do. You know mm-hmm. everything that I said I was gonna do. I came home and did. So I have to continue to be the example for my children. I have all I have all mm-hmm. boys. I don't have mm. no daughters or anything. I have all boys and I watch my every move. You know mm-hmm. so everything I do I make sure that I have my children in mind. You know and that's how I, I deal with my anger. Okay. Amen. It's good. Um, it's really good that you don't stay there, because when we stay, you know, stuck in anger, we could cause so much 
more grief amongst the people that are, you know, in our circle, in our homes. So that's a, that's truly a blessing. Um, Brother Jeremiah, how about you? Anger. Did you go through any anger through your grief process? Yeah, my anger was more towards, um, I had a lot of anger towards everybody that was at the party. Because, you know, it's just like, to this day, they still haven't found a killer. So it's like everybody is at the party, and, and a 16-year-old life gets taken, and nobody's seen anything. So that was that was more my anger. And I did, uh, mm-hmm. and it's sad to say, being in high school, I, I turned to drugs and alcohol, and mm-hmm. now I matured. I'm saying, like, what type of world we, do we live in where a mm-hmm. teenager turns into turns to alcohol and drugs to cope with their their anger, their pain. But uh, mm. it's, a, it's a different world. You know, I, it's not like I've seen it at home. It's what I've seen from society. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, we live in a social media world. So, But now I'm matured. I see that it really makes it worse times 10 because you're not even dealing mm-hmm. with the pain. You're just adding on top of the pain. Like you're putting a, yeah. a blanket on the pain and thinking the pain is going to go away. You know, it's just a blanket on the pain. Uh, anger was a uh, anger was pretty big on me, but uh, yeah, I just used the Bible. How did you deal with it? Uh, okay. I, I used the Bible, went went back to my roots, started praying mm-hmm. about literally everything, anything I wanted in life, anything mentally I was going through, just praying on it, pray, asking God why. I, I know he has a plan, but it was a it was just a bunch of whys. Just, mm-hmm. I just didn't understand anything at the moment. I still don't understand, but it's not meant for me to understand because it's, it's his plan. I, I want to understand his plan because he's God. So that's why mm-hmm. that's a that's a deep one. I I look at it now. Amen, amen. How about you, brother Kareem? Oh wow. Oh. I gotta say first, this is this has been awesome. Um, yes, it's been amazing. Yes. Um, I can honestly say, anger rose up in me uh, when my sister passed away in a car accident, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest with you, uh, I was angry with God because I was like, my sister was only 28 years old. She had two boys. And now these boys got to be raised up by us with no mother. And I was angry with God. Mm. Like, God, why did you bring her out of that accident? Why did it was two other people in that car, my brother and my cousin and my babies, uh, my, my little sisters, my little sisters, my little sisters, uh, my little sister's uh, uh, son was in there. And he was actually in the in the car seat, sleep, and didn't wake up. But God spared his life or took his mother. So I was angry about that. I was angry with God about that. And mm-hmm. it was it was funny because when I was angry about that, I was like, God, how could you do that? And I was angry with him. And he t- <laughs> Immediately, he mm-hmm. took me to Proverbs. Immediately, mm-hmm. he took me to Proverbs 16. And it says, mm-hmm. idle hands are devil's workshop. Idle mm-hmm. lips 
are his mouthpiece. So I had to make sure when I was by myself, because the idle mind is the devil's workshop, he plays on your mind. He plays yes. on what comes out of your mouth. So I had to give it yes. back to God. First I had to say, God, I'm sorry. Your ways are mm-hmm. not my way. So I had to accept. And it took a while. I had to accept my sister being taken away. I had to accept that she died. And I had to be okay mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. I, I mean, I had to be okay with it. And that, and during that process, I was able to release the anger because I was mad for a long time. Yeah. And I was mad with God. Like, how could you do that? This girl was only, my sister was only 28 years old. How could you do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, how could you allow that to happen like that? And I was angry with him for a while. And it was two weeks after that he took me to that scripture, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And in that moment, I apologized, and I repented to God. So anybody deals with every, we all deal with some type of anger, but it's how you mm-hmm. deal with it. Mm-hmm. It's how mm-hmm. you, if you let it fester, and you let it get mm-hmm. in your heart, you let it get in your mind, and you let it get in your mm-hmm. spirit, that anger can turn into something that you don't want it to turn into. A lot of people, and the young brother, I don't know what his situation was, but it's a, I go to, uh, I've been to a couple of prisons and did prison ministry. And a lot of mm-hmm. the brothers that I talked to in there, a lot of them came to prison because they did stuff that they was angry about. They mm-hmm. was mad. They was upset. They was mean. Something t- took place in their life that they became angry and angered about something, and it caused them to be here. So anger, if you let it fester and let it stay in you, again, I said earlier, it will take you to some places you don't want to go. Mm. And I also take my hat off to the brother. I encourage you, brother, keep the brother that lost his wife. You keep doing what you have to do to get yourself together and keep your mind clear. And I'm definitely going to be praying for you. Uh, Tracy has my number. I, I don't care. I, got, I put my number out there on the airwaves. I don't care about nobody <laughs> calling me. Let's talk. I'll throw it out there. I put my number on, I put my number on Facebook. Call me. Uh, because we as black men, we need each other. Yeah. We need each other like never before in so many ways. Yeah. In so many yeah. ways. I mean, there's some brothers out here. I'm running into men and young men right now. I'm going to say it on the airwaves. I'm running into men right now, black men. They ain't never heard their father say, man, I love you. Or give them a hug. Man, I do that to my boys every day. FaceTime. I love you, Dad. I love you, son. Every day. Some of these brothers, I shake their hands. I give them a hug, they cringe because they ain't never been hugged before. I mean, they ain't never yeah. been hugged before. I'm talking about grown yeah. men. Yeah. Grown men ain't never been hugged before. Yeah. I ain't never said, man, I love you, man. You're going to get through this, man. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. We're going to get mm-hmm. through this together. Man, we don't hear that enough. So, Pastor Chris, I mean, you got me worked back up too, sir, but, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it's just it's amazing. It, it's just amazing you know, how things are being orchestrated right now. So again, yeah. I'm I'm just excited. But yeah, we have to we have to deal with anger. We have to deal with Yeah. Now Brother Kareem, you, you, you talked about it's how you deal with anger, you know. I mm-hmm. I totally a- agree with that. It's all about the channeling of your anger. And God mm-hmm. knew that we were gonna get angry. Guess what? It's mm-hmm. a scripture about it. 
Ephesians yeah, four twenty six. Be mm. angry. Be angry. And do not sin. Do not let mm. the sun go down on your anger. So he knew mm-hmm. that we were going to get pumped up. He knew mm-hmm. that we were going to want to swing at things. So he wrote mm-hmm. it in his word. Yeah, you can you can be angry. And then mm-hmm. how do we channel that anger? Because you really can't control when anger just kind of sets itself on top of you. So mm-hmm. Philippians 4, 8, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is mm-hmm. any excellence, if there is anything mm-hmm. worthy of praise, think about these things. So instead of focusing on the anger, let's channel it <laughs> mm-hmm. to these other places. Let's think on the channel. things that's true and honorable, you know, because we do have mm-hmm. to, we, we have control to do that. We don't have control when anger sets itself, but we have control on how we deal with it. Another scripture, mm-hmm. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Let's think on that. Let's ponder about that instead of the anger. Amen? Yes. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Okay, we are, I'm going to go to stage three, um, Pastor Chris, and then we're going to have a song, okay? Um, Stage three of the grief process is bargaining. So in this stage, It involves a desire to bargain or reason and try to reprieve from the news that you have received. The hard truth is God does not bargain. Sorry, it is what it is. (laughs) It's black and white. There are no gray areas with God. He He doesn't bargain. The end comes to all of us in some form or another. So we're going to have to face death some way, okay? But coming to terms with this is the way forward. That's our path, coming to terms. That's going through these stages in order to get to what we said at the beginning, recovery. So there are scriptures that offer comfort and help to help us when we feel totally in despair and when we are begging our way out of it. God, help me. Get me through this. Lord, no, I don't want to do this. So bargaining, was there ever a time either of you um, went through the bargaining with God, the reasoning? Any one of you? I know I have. You know, I did. Uh, I had a cousin recently that passed with another cousin a couple years ago, and uh, Jackie was one of the sweetest people ever. And when I got the news that she, you know, that she died, I, I had issues. You know, I think I went through anger and everything all in one, the first three stages all together at one time. You know, I, I was trying to reason with God. You know, come on now, Lord. I even said this, and I'm keeping it all the way real. I can name a couple other people you could have took instead of Jackie. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell God how to do his mm-hmm. job. <laughs> mm-hmm. God knew mm. the expiration date of Jackie's life. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But that's where you hunker in and you grab hold to God and you believe his word. Um, mm-hmm. Do either of you want to speak on sanctuary bargaining before we go to a song? 
Uh, yeah, I, I definitely tried to. It, it might sound crazy, but I literally asked for him to like rewind time to mm. bring him back. Like, and I would go to the party, and I would just pretty much make sure it didn't happen. It, it, it sounds mm. crazy, but I was literally no, it doesn't. Asking it doesn't him sound to, crazy to, to bring him back, but. Uh, mm. Wow. But you, you, you at, did you ever get to a point where you just realized this was in God's plan? Yeah, I, I had to reach that point. Okay. That was the, uh, that was like a, was pretty much a turning point for me. Realizing mm-hmm. that it, like I said, it, it's his plan. I, I won't understand it. So that's, um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's, that's the point where with grief, that's the point where everybody has to reach that it's not in you're really not going to understand it that's the the best way to explain it you're never going to understand his plan because it's his plan but then you go years on down and see oh this happened because it's setting me up for this Mm -hmm. that's good that's good how about you brother kareem well, I definitely was in the bargaining uh, with God because I was like, you know, my sister's 28 years old and she ain't even lived her life. And mm-hmm. why, you know, why couldn't this thing been channeled a different way? Why this couldn't have went another way? So I was just, you know, I really questioned, uh, mm-hmm. questioned him uh, so much. And I think I was asking so many questions, it led me into anger. <laughs> It, it let mm. me into being angry with him because I was questioning him about this and questioning him about that. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, I didn't get any response. So it made me upset. It made me bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I definitely bargained, bargained with him. And uh, like I said, that's, that's a part of, that's a part of it all. That's a part of the grief uh, that you have to deal with. And like I said, it's in channels, it's different stages. And uh, yeah. uh, we, we just have to monitor it the best way we can, have conversations and dialogues like this because at the end of the day, we need this because, again, um, a lot of people don't have this opportunity to actually deal with these different stages. They can go mm-hmm. from grief to anger, and it's it's over. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's yeah. over. They're, they're, it's done. Their yeah. life is done. Some people mm-hmm. get go from grief, and it just, like I said, it takes them somewhere that they never thought that they would be, and they don't even know how to get out. Mm. And the bad thing about it is there's so many people that's going through, they can't even help you get out even if they wanted to get you out. Mm, so that's good. It's, it's like, you know, I'm going through, you're going through, he's going through, she's going through. Okay, this is our circle. So we don't have anybody mm. in our circle that can help us with this? Come on. So <laughs> you mean to tell me I everybody in my circle is messed up? Everybody in my circle dealing with something. So you mean to tell me I ain't even got the energy or the desire to go find somebody to help me? Mm. So we sit in our circles. We sit in our, our domains. We sit in our houses. We sit, you know, amongst our families and our friends. And we are screaming within, but nobody can see it. Mm. 
I mean, we're crying loud and nobody can recognize it. So we leave our houses, we, we dressed up, we smile, we go to work, we go, oh, Lord, even go to church. We, we, we put on Uh-oh. the front, like, <laughs> we even go to church and just act like everything's okay. And, and, and we, we, we setting ourselves up for failure. And, and, and we, we, we asking God to help us, but we on the inside don't do our part. Just like the, the, the pastor Chris has said, at some point, you're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. To help yourself, mm. and, and 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 we 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 putting too much we putting too much pressure on discernment. Well, y'all gonna have me preaching in a minute. I don't want to, oh. but we put so much pressure on discernment, and we putting too much pressure on God's prophets to come and see you about your situation. <laughs> I'm about when to all you got to do is place. trust and believe. <laughs> all you got to do is trust Here's and believe God. that God is, and He'll fix it for yeah. you. Yeah, you be yeah. trying to hold back, Pastor Chris. Yeah. Pastor Chris ain't the one cutting up this week. That would be Brother Kareem. But Pastor Chris, I got to throw this at you. I mean, we get to the point as preachers, when you mm-hmm. preaching and you preaching every Sunday, and you see the same people come to the altar every Sunday, and you ask yourself, okay, Lord, what in the world is going on with them that they got to come to this altar every Sunday? Hmm. Am I doing something wrong? Am I preaching the gospel like you po- like I'm supposed to? Because these people are coming for the same thing. It, it's mm. something going on with them uh. every week. So at some point, like what Pastor Chris was saying, and it's not putting anybody down on the call like my brother losing his wife, but at some point we got to make a conscious decision that I refuse to stay in this place. Mm-hmm. I refuse mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's going to cost me too much to stay here. It's gonna I'm hollering. I'm hollering again. I'm hollering again. Jesus, Jesus, it's costing me. Oh my God, help me, Lord. It's costing me too much to stay in this same place. Oh my. Okay, I, I, I gotta go. If, if, if I don't invest, if I don't invest, if I don't invest in my children, especially, let me use my daughter real quick. If I don't properly invest in my daughter the way. I'm supposed to as a father because I'm going mm-hmm. through something. I'm pushing my daughter into a situation with another man that's going to abuse her mm. because I didn't invest in her what she needed from a father because I'm going to. Help me. So she see the struggles. She see the struggle in her daddy. So guess what kind of man she's going to attract? She's going to attract the man mm. that got issues. No, no, he didn't say that. He didn't say that out loud. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say that. (laughs) That's what we're doing. And then on the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, I get upset when she get a no good guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Because Oh, my God. Will you just say that one more time? Please, sir. Say that one more time. Say that. This This is what's happening. Because I'm, as a man, as a husband and father, because I'm dealing with so much and I don't know how to go and get it dealt with or go and get what I need to change my life so I can live better, so I can be a better husband, be a better father, be a better provider. If I don't do what I need to do, my children suffer, my wife suffer, but especially our daughters because guess what? I'm releasing my daughter into the hands of somebody that's going to abuse her because she didn't see daddy. 
She didn't see daddy. I take my daughters out on dates every month just because she'll mm-hmm. understand if my daddy did this. So, dude, you got to come better than that. Mm-hmm. My daddy do that. My daddy tells me he loves me. My daddy spends time with me. But if I got mm-hmm. issues and I'm hurt and I'm broken and I'm stuck and I'm dealing mm-hmm. with anger and I'm dealing with grief and I'm looking at my daughter just being raised up before my eyes and I don't invest in her, guess what I'm doing? I'm sending my daughter unprepared to be abused. Mm. That's what I'm sending her. It's getting hot in here. That, that, that's hot. That's, ooh, Lord. Mm. So guess what I'm she sending did? my daughter she to be abused. So guess what she's doing? She looks, she, looks, she looks for love in all the wrong places. So she becomes promiscuous. <laughs> she gives her body up early. All of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She gets pregnant because at 15. <laughs> because I was in it a day, uh, Brother Irvin, you the father, and you got to make sure what you say you're doing right now. And I'll take my hat off to you because you already made the decision that you're going to be there for your kids. But you got a little girl. Your job is to totally invest in her life so she can see what a real man and a real father is supposed to do. Excuse me. I have all boys. Oh, you don't have no girl. Three boys. Three boys. Three boys. Three boys. Three boys. Yes, sir. So what you do, that's how they, what you do, that's how they're going to treat their woman. Well, I was able to get them a glimpse of that. Coming home and you know marrying my wife after you know doing nine years in prison and everything that I, I do even do now, as far as setting an example uh, for them. I know I, I had a great example. I, I don't think I ever told my uncle this, but you know my uncle Johnny, man, that's that's basically you know my father. He he, he raised me, you know, and that's the best example I had as a man was my uh, uncle Johnny Patrick mm-hmm. Jackson. And, you know, we're supposed to give the flowers to uh, our elders while they're, you know, what I still living in. You know, if he is listening, you know, I want to I appreciate Monica Donnie, man, because a lot of things um, have manifested in my life. Everything that he taught me in Daniel, man, you know, we didn't get it back then. But now that I'm a father of three, of three young young black men in this time, I definitely understand. You know, and uh, I definitely thank him, man. I thank God. You know, for ha- having him in, in my life because I, I, I even call him, man. I call him all the time and I tell him, man, I'd be like, man, I, I get it. You know, I understand it. Mm. And uh, it's, 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 it's very difficult, especially in this time, man, uh, raising three young black men because of what's going on with the police brutality and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, our black men are, are being murdered each and every day. We are mm-hmm. even being murdered in while we incarcerated. You know, I used to tell brothers mm-hmm. that we are buried alive because when you go to prison, you know, people mm. tend to forget about you. You are basically yeah. in, a, in, a, in a casket, but you are yep. behind bars, you are behind gates and things like that. And I, mm. and, and me, I was able to see both sides, being free mm. and being incarcerated. Mm. And mm. I know that, that, that there is no doubt that my children would never be see that light. You know, because I know what to yeah. do with my, my son. I know the knowledge to give them. I know what to teach them. I know to, to tell them that they are, are king, you know, and, 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 and give them their history. You know, I, I, I have to keep them to keep them in tune with what's going on. You know, I have conversations with my, my children, 
you know, I, I make them watch the news. I make them when a black man is being murdered and things like that. I, I, I need for them to understand that what's going on because if they don't, you know, then we, 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 we are allowing the school system to teach them anything. And me, the knowledge that I have now, you know, when I was in prison, I was able to become, you know, I was I became studious. I read a lot. I studied a lot and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I was able to come home and leave my wife and leave men, leave friends and things like that. So I, I, I appreciate everything that I'm going through, you know, because I, I'm made for it. You know, I'm, I'm not going forward, and I know God knew that I wouldn't go forward. So whatever comes, whatever comes my way, I'm ready. You know, I never fall. Amen. 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 You know, it, it. This is so refreshing for me, guys, to just to hear you, uh, young men, pour out your heart. You know, I, I'm enjoying it. So I'm fighting back tears. Actually, um, stage three of bargaining. You know, through the police brutality through divorce, through rape, through whatever you go through, death isn't the only thing that brings forth grief. Because I grieved when I went through my divorce. That wasn't something that I wanted. That wasn't something that I desired. Definitely didn't expect it. But I went through grief. And it's just amazing because, you know, we ask God all these questions. And it's just amazing how his word has the answers. Ephesians 5.17 Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So, I went through a divorce and not understanding that God has something else for me. And I married an amazing man that treats me like the queen that I always desired to be treated as. I, you know, people go through the police brutality. We look at what happened with George Floyd. Horrible, 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 horrible situation. However, look at the unity that was gained in it. It was still the will of the Lord. It's not something that we always it's not, you know, uh, uh, on a grand scale or, or all this. It's, it's sometimes tragedy still brings forth the will of the Lord. So when we're bargaining, we have to understand that his will is being done. Another thing, uh, another scripture, Hebrews 11:1. 1, now faith, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So when you're going through the grief, you're going through the trauma, you're going through the pain, the sadness, the sorrow, the turmoil, that now faith, if you could just plug in to that now faith, <laughs> I guarantee you it will get you through. It will definitely get mm. you through. It's gotten me through and mm-hmm. so many others. Um, God, I'm looking at the time and I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. I wanted to go to um, a song, Brother Chris. Um Mm-hmm. Let's 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 go to a song. Let's go to a song. I'm a I'm gonna be obedient to the spirit. Let's go to a song. We'll be right back, guys. You're listening to Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Joe right now. TPV Radio. TPV Radio. I need that. Just fight a little longer, my friend. 
You're listening to The Voice, the Summit Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk? Let's go. Hey, what's going on, home team? This is your boy, Gino Worldwide, Pastor Gino, man of Free Wave Radio, Generation Now Church in Murfreesboro. Hey, you are now listening to the Psalmist Voice Radio Network. Walk with me, family. Let's go. You're listening to Saturday's Buffet with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Jones. Right now, TPV Radio. TPV Radio. Amen, amen. And we're back. We're back. You know, I, w- I was so excited to get started. My sister just sent me a message and told me I didn't introduce myself. Um, I'm Tracy Davis, y'all. Uh, <laughs> 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 Sister Lorraine and Sister Roberta asked me to be a guest host on today, and I am thoroughly enjoying myself. Amen. Pastor Chris, I would like to yes, hear ma'am. from some of our callers. Can we get a couple callers? Uh, sure we can. All right, callers. We will read the last four digits of your phone number. So if you're just listening, just say just listening, and we will go on to the next caller. First up, 5551, 5551. You are live on the air. God bless you. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pastor Chris. Um, Ain't Lorraine, Mama, Tracy, um, I am so excited and blessed by the show today. I personally know each and every one of the um, guests on today. And I want to say that um, dealing with grief, although they are stages of grief, the stages can definitely come at different times. So it's not like you're going to go through anger at step number two. Anger may be your sixth step. So just keep Mm -hmm. that in mind. Excellent, excellent show. Um, I am enjoying it, and I'm loving every minute of it. And I'm trying to hold back tears also because it's amazing, and it's awesome just listening to each and every one of them and their growth in Christ and in their walk. So great job, everyone. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Next caller, 6015. 6015, you are live on air. God bless you. Sixty fifteen, you are live on the air. That's Miss Lucille. She's probably um she's probably detained, but we can we can move on. Oh, she okay. can text me if you need to, Lucille. Thank you. Next caller, seventy nine ninety one. Seventy nine ninety one, you are live on the air. God bless you. Um this is Jeanette Ponce. Uh, let y'all know I enjoyed the message so far today. Always a good one. Amen. Amen. Thanks for Thank calling. You. 3960. 3960, you are live on the air. God bless you. 3960, you. you are live on the air. Amen. I, just, I don't have much to say. I just wanted to say I really enjoyed the show. I'm actually here uh, listening, supporting Irvin. Um, his wife was basically like my best friend and cousin. So listening to this is, is very enjoyable. And it's very, um, it's, it's, I don't know, it has a lot of power in it because we're not used to black men, you know, sharing their side of the story or just opening up in general. So to, to hear it and listen, it's very, very 
um, overwhelming and it, it gives a lot of strength and hope with, you know, with what's coming in the future. So I enjoy it. Amen. 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 Very beautifully spoken. 6791. 6791, you are live on the air. God bless you. Hello, everyone. This is Sheree. Um, I have really, really thoroughly enjoyed this show so far. Um, one of the main parts that really stuck out to me so far is just, I don't remember who said it, but just speaking about when men are grieving and having little girls and just making sure that you're just continuing to invest in them and making sure that they're aware and raising them right. And I know you, someone mentioned taking them out on dates. You know, I just, it really hit home with me just coming from, uh, you know, a divorced household and being raised with predominantly with my mom. But I just feel like, you know, grief doesn't always have to be a death of, you know, someone going to be with the Lord, but it can be relational and things of that nature. But it's just, I just want everyone to know that coming from the child's perspective, that children feel everything. They feel they feel your grief. They feel your sadness. You know, they feel your joy. They see it, even though sometimes you may think you're hiding it. But I do feel that children see it and feel it. And I just, I just want men to know that I know that you may be going through something, but I do love that you pointed out to continue to invest in your daughters because it will affect them for decades on. So um, I do love this conversation, and I do know that as an adult, I have accepted and continue to realize that as parents, though, they're not supposed to be perfect, and they are also just human, and they will make mistakes, and they are not supposed to be godlike, so we have to accept them as human as well. So amazing job, everybody. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Next caller, 2985. 2985, you are live on the air. God bless you. Amen. I've enjoyed the program thus far. And for the young men, I just lift my hands to heaven in praise uh, to hear men speaking out and speaking about what's on the inside of their hearts. I thank God that Jesus said he was going away to prepare a place for us, that where he is, we will be there also. I learned early in life that we were in this world, but eventually we were going to leave it because it's not our home. And I thank God that the things that we go through, uh, each trial, each test is preparing us for greater. I thank God so much for Kareem for the wisdom that I heard today from this yeah. young man. Yeah. And I know God is raising you up in this time, in this season, because there yeah. are a lot of men out there need to hear what you have to say. So I encourage you to continue to uh, live for the Lord, continue to uh, teach your children and everybody else on the line that's going through the grief, because like you say, all of us have had it at one time or another. And I know that is different for each one. Some of us get over it right away, and some of us go for years. But one thing I do know, Kareem said it's so plain, choice. Make that choice not to stay in this same situation. Because when you make that choice and you trust the Lord to bring you out, he will not disappoint you. God bless Amen. all of you, 
and God bless the, the leader of this show. It's going places. Amen. God is going to raise it up even higher. God bless Amen. you. Man. I mean, Amen. people are being delivered. You all have delivered yes. some things in me. I thank yes. God for the healing that's on this line. There is healing on Amen. this line. You all are Amen. bringing it. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're bringing it. Yes. Thank Amen. You. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank Amen. you so much for calling. Eighty-six thirty-seven. Eighty-six thirty-seven. You are live on the air. God bless you. Hey everyone, this is Rose. Um, I'm just listening today, but I'm just honored to know all of you guys. You did an amazing job, and I just pray that uh, people took heed to y'all words and were healed. Y'all did an amazing job today. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rose. Thank you for, for calling. calling. 4483. 4483, you are live on the air. God bless you. 4483, you are live on the air. God bless Pastor you. Jackson, unmute your phone. Good morning. Pastor Jackson. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Hey, Pastor Jackson. Good morning. Hey, I, I have a lot to say. Yeah, I'm going to take the rest of the show because <laughs> this is wonderful today. Uh, this has been a, uh, I've heard some voices, Kareem, Irvin, Jeremiah. These, this is a, what have blessed my heart today, what these guys, I knew these guys when they were young kids, and to see what they are doing now. It makes my heart glad. I've spoken to all these guys' life, and to see what God is doing in their life is wonderful. Kareem, uh, the next time you in this in Saginaw, you got to come see me. You left. I didn't know you was leaving. When you left, I ain't saw you since. Lord, but I this, is the thing, <laughs> this is the thing that uh, I am enjoying to hear these young men talk about Irving. Uh enjoy you today, son. Uh I listen at you. Uh I always talk to you about the things and you made a mistake and you didn't let it stop you from being successful. You went and got out and went straight and got it into a, your apprentice and uh you you went straight and got your um a Mason card and you you had your head on, and I just thank God for that. And we talk when we do talk. You're telling me uh, I first noticed something in you. You 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 you, you talk with a complete sentence. I told Bible say he he owned something. You don't stutter. You say you say you got a plan and a thought. So this is what it is. I thank God for. Uh, but they don't have any guys on the show today because they 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 did some wrong, but then they showed us how to get back. Yeah. They they didn't stay in the wrong lane, and they telling that they went off astray, but they came back and they showed us they telling us how to get back. And even as adults, we may get off, but and, and they just letting us know we got to go back, get back. We can't stay on the left, on the wrong lane. 
So I just is great to hear all you three gentlemen this morning. I just continue to say keep going. And it's always higher height if you keep going. But to see you didn't stop. You didn't stop there. You it, what it took, it took the spirit of God, the strength of God to get you where you're at. So even when you was off, you was out of the will of God, but it showed the, he, he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. And so he proved to himself, we got to continue to prove to him. He said, as he is, so are we in this world, in John 1, uh, 4 and 7, 17. So I thank him, to, uh, you guys are having uh, these guys on today, Tracy, y'all doing a good job today. That I, I just, I am, I, my heart is glad. I've been listening to them all day, what they're saying, and and a very encouraging word, Kareem. Uh, you, 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 man, uh, my uh, my heart was glad just to hear you speak and talk. Mm-hmm. I miss you when you came and utilized your father. I miss that, but I tell you, they told me how great it was, and I just thank God for you guys. I I just see great great things is happening in your life. Because y'all are on the right road, and when we're on the right road, we're going to get there. If we're on the wrong road, we won't make it. But we're on the right road, we're making it. So I just thank God for that. Praise God for it. And I will continue to pray for you, and you continue to pray for me, that we go continually strong. I have to, I had surgery on my eye on last uh, week for cataract, and they got to do it. The next one, they're going to be on the 4th. And I just act uh, the next surgery would be on the fourth, and we just continue to pray that God would be it be a successful on this and yeah, and I come out standing again. I thank God for having me that's talking this morning. I just Roger Hart been full all morning when I hear these guys speak because it's great. I know all these guys personal. Thank God for you. God bless. Amen. God bless. Amen. We have two more callers. Next okay. caller, 0240. 0240, you are live on air. 0240, you are live on the air. Going once, going twice. I'm going to put you back on mute. Thank you so much for calling. Last caller. 6015, 6015, you are live on the air. God bless you. 6015. That's you, Miss Lucille. 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 Priester. Okay. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Well, Sister Tracy, back to you. Amen. I I am so grateful on today. Uh, thank you, every caller, every listener, for your words. Um, it's good to know, you know, from the beginning, like I said, my prayer was that God would be glorified, that he would set the captive free, that he would deliver and it's beautiful to know, you know, that people are being helped by our stories. Um, the power behind this panel 
is three black men willing to talk about it. And that in itself, that's a podcast right there. Black men willing to talk about it. That is so authentic. And I am ever so um, thankful and grateful for uh, the panel on today. I want to, um, we have about 15 minutes, and I want to give um, the panel the opportunity to just closing remarks, what they would want to say. We didn't get to the last two steps, so we're going to come back next week, if that's okay with you panel members, so that we can complete the stages of grief. But before we go today, I would just love for you guys to give any closing remarks that you may have. Uh, Brother Irvin, we will start with you. Uh. Uh, I'm like him, uh, well, I want to say thank you all for allowing me to uh, come on the show and talk, uh, tell my story um, about what I'm going through and what I'm facing right now. Uh, I'll, I'll also like to thank the two of the uh, brothers that's on the show. I appreciate being on the show with y'all. You know, just keep me in y'all prayer. You know, uh, I, I bow down to every black woman out there, you know, being put in y'all shoes, man. It's not easy taking care of three uh, children alone. You know, I'm, I'm learning a lot, especially dealing with a newborn. So, uh, mm-hmm. I was going to say thank you again. That's all I got to say. Amen. You are definitely in our prayers and we are um, humbled by you. You know, I appreciate the fact that you didn't let uh, belief or anything getting in the way of you coming on and sharing your story and your story matters and um, it's important it was very important for you to be a part of this panel um, Brother Jeremiah you have any closing remarks for us? Yeah I just want to thank y'all for the opportunity to even come on here I want to thank everybody on the, uh, on the panel for just sharing light giving insight on just life because in our community we really don't do this a lot especially as black men so I really do appreciate that Amen and will you be able to come back next week? Yeah I will be Awesome awesome, Brother Irvin I didn't ask you would you be available to come back next week? Uh, yes, yes ma'am I will Awesome awesome all right, fire starting. Now, I'm going to tell you, Brother Kareem, usually me and Pastor Chris are, you know, always blamed for starting fires on the show. But, <laughs> you know, you get the crown this week. You definitely get the crown. And rightly so. Yeah. And rightly so. They are the starters. <laughs> yes. See the gasoline and he had a match. <laughs> I want. Um, I just wanted to, to tell you that your words have been very impactful, um, and I thank God for your walk. You know, we grew up together in the same church, and I listened to you eulogize your father, and I had tears in my eyes because that was so big. That was such a big moment for you to eulogize the man that introduced you to Jesus. It was amazing. So for you continuing to give light in darkness to illuminate the paths of young black men in America. 
you know, that is a huge chore and you're the right man for the job. So I just want to give you an opportunity to give your closing remarks. And uh, first of all, I want to thank God who is the head of my life. Uh, without him, I would be absolutely nothing. Uh, I want to thank God for all of those that allowed for me to be on the show today. Sister Lorraine Brown, uh, Mama Jones. Oh, yeah, I'm Mama Jones. We used to call her back in kind of like the most productive mother. Uh, she had the most kids at Candlelight yes, Baptist did. Church. Um, to my sister Tracy again, it, uh, the show was amazing. Uh, thank God for the brothers that were on with me, uh, everyone that spoke today. Uh, again, it, it, it's just an honor. I, I, I count it a, a privilege and an honor to even get an opportunity to speak um, in any capacity. Uh, I've learned uh, not just as a, a black man, but I'm learning as a man of God, it's better to serve than to be served. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm learning how to serve more than to get served. It's easy to receive, but can you actually give out more than what you receive? That That's mm-hmm. where that's where the blessing is. So when I'm dealing with men and young men, I would rather give out more than receive anything back um, because I would rather for my blessings to come from the Lord um, because I don't want to put a charge to anything that God has given me freely. I know my gift is mm-hmm. without repentance, so guess what? Why should I charge anybody for something that God gave me free? So mm-hmm. I, I just thank God for the opportunity to just come on the airways and serve with you all and yeah I have been told you know I've been a fire starter but I think that's just because of the passion that I have and what God has put in my life and put in me um thank God for my father Richard Dwight Hammond rest in peace that has introduced us and my family my brothers and my sisters to Christ um I thank God for his life and again since that was a a very challenging time for me to utilize, eulogize my father, but I, I found it an honor and a privilege just to do that because a lot of men mm-hmm. don't get an opportunity to eulogize their own father. So I mm-hmm. count it a blessing and an honor. I'm also blessed and honored as a father because I was able to baptize all of my children. I do. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. thank God for so many things that he's blessed me with. And shame on me if I don't live for him for the rest of my life. I get what mm. I deserve if I don't serve him for the rest of my life. Mm. And I thank God that every opportunity, every door, everything that he has opened up to me and my family, because he didn't have to do it, but he did. Mm. So I'm honored and privileged just to be a man of God to the brother that lost his wife. I don't know how I'm supposed to give you my number. Tracy, you let me know how to give him my number. Uh, Jeremiah, I'm going to give you my number because at the end of the day, you're my brother. And I want to make sure you make it just as well as I make it. Come on, sir. Um, 
So I I, I want to make sure that if anything I could do for you, let me know. If I just need mm-hmm. to sit on the phone for an hour and you just talk and me say a, not a word, I'll do that for you. But mm-hmm. we we got to understand that at the end of the day, we need to be there for our black men because let me say this and let me be clear. We have to be there each other for each other as black men because our black boys are watching. They mm-hmm. watching. Mm-hmm. They watching us. Mm-hmm. They watching us. So shame on us mm-hmm. if we're setting a bad example. So we need to get it together. Mm-hmm. And and far as being a man of God in the church, we have to become the leaders that God has called us to be. We got to be the leaders. Yeah. We got to be the men. We got to be with your struggles. Come on with it. With your, mm-hmm. with your, with your, with everything that's crippling you. Come on with it because God needs you in the kingdom. He needs you to be a leader. He needs you to be that man. He needs you to be that that leader for Him in the kingdom of God. So I'm just excited for what God got in store uh, for me and my family, for me and my ministry, for me and my business, for me in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I'm just excited. For every door, he's opening mm-hmm. up for me. And uh, again, I'll be on the show. I'll be sporadic next week because I'm going to be at the beach, but I'm going to be on there. Amen. I didn't even have to ask. <laughs> I was about to say, will you? But look at God. He set it up for me. <laughs> Amen. Amen, Brother Kareem. I'm Amen. excited about next week. I am. I am. I am. You guys, um, oh, my God. This was an honor just to be on the panel to hear you all speak from your heart. Thanks for being vulnerable and thanks for sharing your experiences with us. Um, Before we go, I want to acknowledge um, the faithful listeners, Sister Dorothy Curry, uh, Shirley Allen, Lucille Priester, Ella Priester, Leola Priester, uh, Josie, is it Jesse or Josie Priester? Ursa Aaron. Jo- All right, Josie Lee. Ursa <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Aaron, Edna Moore, and Jeanette Pantoon. Pantoon. Thank you guys mm-hmm. for being faithful listeners. Um, thank you to Sister Lorraine Brown and Sister Roberta Jones for uh, entrusting your show with me on today. Um, it was me and the Holy Ghost the whole way. That's all I can say because I gave it to him. Amen. And he showed out once again. Yes, he did. Um, yes, he did. We have a, a couple more minutes, but I really, um, I like to be led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Pastor Chris, if you would unmute 5551, um, I would love for Marquita to close us out in prayer. Sister uh, Brown, did you have anything before we close out? I'll let it it go to Quita because she's only got a few minutes. I'll let it go to her. I did, but no. Okay. Thanks because of the benefits for when we get the check. Amen. I just want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit before I start. Um, Pastor Chris, I keep hearing a book in my spirit, so I don't know how you're going to combine these shows about grief into a book, but I want to be obedient, and that's what I keep picking up in my spirit is a book. So go forward in that. And let's go before the throne in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Lord, we come thanking you first and foremost for the transparency of each and every panel um, speaker on today, Lord God. We thank you for your healing power as we continue to deal with grief. Lord, we thank and praise you that you will give the resources to Urban, 
um, as he um, cares for his children, Lord God. We thank and praise you that you will continue to send men in his path, Lord God, that will lead him in the right direction, Lord God. We thank and praise you for their obedience. We thank and praise you for every door that is being opened from this show, Lord God. We thank you for taking this show international. Lord, we thank and praise you for you doing great and mighty things, Lord God. We thank and praise you, Lord God, that you will pour back into them everything that they poured out into us on today, oh God. We thank and praise you, Lord God, for the man in the black community taking their rightful place in their homes, Lord God. We thank and praise you, Lord God, that this is only the beginning. We thank and praise you that every seed that was planted and sowed on tonight will reap a harvest, Lord God. We thank and praise you for what you're getting ready to do in this season, Lord God. And, Lord Jesus, we have a yes in our spirit. We say yes to your will and yes to your way. Lord, we thank and praise you that they will surrender to you, Lord God, that they will say yes, Lord God, in anything that they are leaning and depending on, Lord God. We thank and praise you, Lord God, that they will lean and depend on you. We thank you for delivering us from drugs and alcohol, Lord God. We thank and praise you, Lord God, that we will cast our cares upon you, for you carry for us, oh God. And we thank and praise you that we will continue to walk in obedience, that we will continue Mm. to walk in healing, oh God, that you will continue Mm. to have your way in our lives. We thank and praise you for every household that is represented on this call, Lord God. We thank and praise you, Lord God, for abundance in their lives. We thank and praise you, Lord God, for a fresh anointing, oh God. We thank and praise you for prosperity, Lord God. I thank and praise you that we will lack no good thing, Lord God, that we are 100% tithers, Lord God, and we stand on the promises of God. Lord, continue to have Mm. your way. Continue to open doors for Pastor Chris. Continue to open doors for Pastor Jackson, Lord God. We speak healing over his body, Lord God. We thank you for taking over the hands of the surgeons, Lord God, that will do his next surgery. Lord, we thank and praise you for pouring back into Tracy, pouring back into Roberta, pouring back into Lorraine, pouring back into Irvin, pouring back into Kareem, pouring back into Jeremiah, Lord God. And Lord, we thank you for using these men on today in a mighty way, Lord God. We thank and praise you, Lord God, that this is just the beginning, oh God. Lord, I thank and praise you for what you're stirring up in the spirit realm right now in each and every one of their lives, Lord God. Lord, they may not knew what was in them, but Lord, we thank you that you knew before the foundation of the world. So Lord, we thank and praise you for what you're doing. We thank and praise you for moving mountains, oh God. Lord, we thank you for taking the shackles off right now in the name of Jesus. We thank and praise you, Lord God, that they will walk upright, Lord God, that they will continue to speak the word of God, speak the word over their children, over their wives, Lord God, over their spouses, Lord God. We thank and praise you, Lord God, that they will continue to be men of virtue, be men of God, Lord God, and be men of standards. We honor you on today. We exalt you and we magnify you. Lord, we in this place with a Shabbat right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we Hallelujah. Lord, Lord God, because this was just mm. the beginning, oh God. And we thank you for the overflow, the overflow, mm. the overflow, the overflow. Mm. Lord, we thank you for making the airways where they will be able to hear this sermon in prisons, oh God. We thank you for mm. opening the prison doors, oh God. We thank you for mm. healing your black men, oh God. We take authority yeah. over the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And we Jesus. say no more faith. You will no longer have our black men. We call them back home right now in the name of Jesus. Have your way, oh God. 
In Jesus' yeah. name we pray. Amen. Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, thank you all Ooh. once again. And panel, we will see y'all Amen. next Saturday. Y'all spread the yeah. word. Invite five or ten people and tell them to come on back and hear about Amen. what God is doing. You guys have a wonderful day. See you next week on Saturday's Buffet. God bless you. God of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.